Good afternoon, everyone. On the update this Monday, what happens now, now that affirmative action has been struck down? Uh, colleges across this country will be forced to stop considering race in the admissions process under the Supreme Court ruling, ending affirmative action policies that date back decades. Uh, we'll have the latest details. From human ashes to just cell phones, fans are taking their adoration for their favorite artists to dangerous new heights. The New York Mets won a series, a baseball series, for the first time in about a month. Pete Alonso had a two-run homer in the rain, hours after making his third All-Star team, and the Mets beat the Giants to take two out of three on Sunday Night Baseball. And think about this, a space disco cowboy, a yacht Shabbat, a burning man formal, dressed to express your inner spirit. More bridal couples are tossing tradition when it comes to what the guests should wear. This is the update, Monday, July the 3rd, 2023. From the Tommy Lynn stage at the Urban Dove Charter School in Brooklyn, New York, this is the update with Brandon Julian, a three-time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's everything that you need to know, because anything can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all, folks, every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Monday. Technically speaking, it is the start of a brand new week for us around here, even though lots of people, of course, are definitely on, you know, vacation time. Uh, wherever you may be, uh, hopefully, you know, you're enjoying holiday time uh, here in uh, the big town. <laughs> Oh, we can't seem to escape these thunderstorms. And the humidity, too. Because uh, if you step outside, wherever you may be, the real field range is anywhere between 90 and over 100 degrees. And we're going to keep the real fields in the 90s and near 100 through this week. And uh, we even have a chance of scattered storms tomorrow. Because that's just how... <laughs> oh, it's just how things have been going around here. Not that we should truly be surprised, you know, or something like that. <laughs> uh, I'm Brandon Julian, of course, folks. We appreciate you so much for being here. Like I said, even on vacation time for many folks, wherever you may be, and however, of course, you personally may be listening to us. Lots of news, of course, to catch you up on, as per the usual. We are going to begin this Monday, of course, with a decision that was handed down last week by the U.S. Supreme Court. It has to do with colleges and affirmative action. Colleges across this country, they're going to be forced to stop considering race in the admissions under the Supreme Court ruling that was handed down on Thursday, ending affirmative action policies that date back decades Schools that have relied on race-conscious admissions policies to build diversity 
will have to rethink now how they actually admit students. It's expected to result in campuses that have more white and Asian American students and fewer black and Hispanic students. The impact of this decision will be felt most strongly at the nation's most selective colleges, which have been more likely to consider race among many other factors in the admissions process. On to some of the other news of this Monday. And the people over at Fox News, they brought out some cake, balloons, and uh, fake mustaches to the set of Fox and Friends to pay tribute, pay tribute to Geraldo Rivera on Friday. Rivera said that he was fired from his job on the political combat show The Five and just decided to leave the network as a result. It was not immediately clear what had happened since last week when Rivera said that he was quitting The Five because of the rising tensions there. On his last appearance, Rivera noted on the day following the Supreme Court decision striking down affirmative action in college admissions that he owed his journalism career to affirmative action. A federal judge has now rejected uh, the former president's request that he dismiss uh, New York columnist's defamation claims against him on grounds that he is entitled to absolute presidential immunity. Judge Lewis Kaplan said Thursday that writer E. Jean Carroll can perceive other claims that Trump owes her at least $10 million in compensatory damages and substantially more in punitive damages. Uh, for comments that he made after she won a $5 million sexual abuse and defamation verdict against him. Uh, after that verdict, of course, was returned early last month in Manhattan Federal Court, he repeated comments he'd made in 2019 when Carol first made her allegations. Uh, Melanie Harmick, Harmrick, I should say, recently had to wrest a copy of her steamy new novel out of the hands of her curious six-year-old son that she shares with Mick Jagger, replacing it with the more appropriate The Cat in the Hat. Wise move. Uh, Hamrick's first position, if you get the pun, <laughs> is what they call a romance novel, but might easily have been called Fifty Shades of Ballet. A hamrick who spent 16 years at American Ballet Theater writes about a young dancer, Sylvie, uh, who joins a prestigious national ballet company. Hamrick says she wanted to give readers a good time, but also a view of ballet, quote, behind the gilded curtain. To Long Island we go now out of central Iceland where prosecutors in George Santos's case say that they've turned over more than 80,000 pages of materials to his lawyers in the federal criminal case against him. Prosecutors mentioned the documents during a brief court hearing on Friday uh, that was focused on the case schedule. Uh, the next court date was set for September 7th. Uh, the Republican, of course, pleaded not guilty to money laundering, wire fraud, theft of public services, and making false statements to Congress. The freshman representative has decried the federal investigation as a witch hunt and is insisting that he will continue to seek re-election 
He faces, though, up to 20 years in prison if he is actually convicted. heard in the news recently about all these different interactions, bizarre interactions, that fans have been having with various celebrities, you know, from cell phones all the way to human ashes. And um, if you don't know, if you haven't heard about the human ashes part of the story, don't worry, we will get to that right now. But yes, from cell phones to human ashes, fans are taking their adoration for their favorite artists to dangerous new heights. Uh, Kelsey Ballerini was hit with a bracelet while performing during her concert on Wednesday night. These recent spate of uh, incidents has raised concerns about extreme fan culture and also security. Experts say that social media has allowed fans to feel immense close emotional closeness with the artists. One fan recently gave singer Pink their mother's ashes during a concert. A pop, a pop culture academic says that such displays are akin to offerings at an altar. Uh, while artists are defied by some fans, they're also vulnerable, of course, when they're actually on stage. A long-planned fund to help disadvantaged people start illegal marijuana businesses in the state of New York is finally nearing its ambitious money-raising goal. Governor Hochul's office announced Friday that a private company known as Chicago Atlantic has agreed to invest $150 million. The company is an asset management firm with extensive experience in the cannabis industry. The state has put up $50 million and had always anticipated that the rest, uh, it would come from private sources. Speaking of the folks at Fox News once more, a lawyer for a former producer who says that the network coerced her into giving false testimony in Dominion's law defamation lawsuit says that her prior employer is paying her $12 million to settle her legal claims. Uh, attorneys Paris Filipados said on Friday that the payout will settle all of her pending litigation against Fox Corporation, the Fox News Network, and their employees, including former Fox host Tucker Carlson. One lawsuit was in Manhattan Federal Court, which was notified that the lawsuit had settled. In a statement, Fox News said that it was pleased to be able to resolve the matter without uh, further litigation. Let's head over now to East Aurora, because the operators of the underwater robot that located the missing submersible, the Titan, quickly learned that it was up to them to find the vessel after the other deep-sea experts had tried unsuccessfully. Uh, Pelagic Research uh, Services' remotely operated vehicle, Oidesis, uh, found debris from the submersible on the ocean floor more than 12,000 feet underwater. A ship carrying mangled chunks of the Titan arrived at a Canadian port on Wednesday. Pelagic Research has locations outside of Buffalo, New York, and also in uh, Massachusetts. 
It's played a key role in the investigation into why the submersible imploded on its way to view the wreckage of the Titanic, killing all five, of course, that was on board. At a news conference Friday, Pelagic's CEO described the search as difficult and emotional. Uh, Before the Supreme Court went on their uh, break, their final day of their term, uh, they had one more key decision to hand down, and that was about the president's uh, student loan forgiveness crisis. And now for borrowers around this country, the Supreme Court ruling that struck down the cancellation plan for those student loans has brought bitterness and also just frustration. The student loan forgiveness program would have eliminated $10,000 in debt for those making less than $125,000. Households earning less than a quarter of a million dollars were also eligible. Pell Grant recipients would have also had an additional $10,000 in relief. 43 million borrowers would have been eligible for relief, according to the administration. going to be a new women's pro hockey league to begin competing in North America as early as January. A co-owner of the Dodgers has purchased the 17 Premier Hockey Federation. The new league will bring together North America's most accomplished female players, likely alongside talented players from Europe and Asia. The league is expected to begin with six teams split across the U.S. and also Canada. The league also opens the door for potential involvement from the NHL. Meanwhile, you might have heard about this, the CEO of United Airlines. He jumped on a private plane this week while thousands of his airlines' customers were stranded because their flights got canceled. And now the CEO is apologizing. Scott Kirby said on Friday that taking a private jet was the wrong decision. He says it was insensitive to United Airlines customers who were waiting to get home. He's apologizing to his customers and airline employees. He's also promising to do better in the future. Kirby caught a private flight up from New Jersey to Denver on Wednesday. United canceled 750 flights just that day. That's one-fourth, by the way of their entire schedule. In other news, last week you might have seen it if you stepped outside, as if the smoke and the haze from the wildfires in Canada were not enough. Apparently some parts of the city of New York were swarming with flying insects. Yes, it definitely makes you seen of that scene in the Ten Commandments now, doesn't you? The explosion of winged aphids were both a nuisance and a source of curiosity for the residents alike. The city's health department says that it's really just nothing to worry about. Some people were caught in the swarms, thought at first that the strange things in the air had drifted from the wildfires. But etymologists say that that's not the case. But also, a warm winter and the smoke could be contributing to the plumes of those bugs. And finally, 
18 private Jewish schools that were run by the city's politically powerful Hasidic community. Deprived, deprived, I should say, thousands of students, they acquired secular education in English, math, science, and social studies. An eight-year investigation by the city DOE concluded that many of the religious schools were not providing, quote, substantially equivalent instruction and core subjects as do the public schools. In a letter to at least one school, a school's chancellor, David Banks, expressed concern that students were not being instructed in key subjects, quote, sufficient to prepare them for their futures. Supporters of these schools, called yeshiva, say that parents send their children there because of their moral and religious approach. Time for us to step aside momentarily. When we return on the update this Monday, we have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. We're gonna talk some sports and talk about how the New York Mets they actually did win a play a series. Uh, it's the first series they've won in about a month. So yeah, the excitement is most definitely in the air. Because this is July 4th weekend, there are people uh, going out to the beaches, to the amusement parks. Some of you might even go to Rye Playland. We'll tell you what to expect as uh, the summer goes on. And then, of course, we're going to talk together the latest national news. In Baltimore, police there say that two people were killed, 28 more wounded in another mass shooting, including three people who are now in critical condition. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, uh, when the update of Brandy Julian returns in just a moment. From New York, please use only as directed and ask your doctor if it's right for you. This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. (laughs) No, you hold my hand. Here we go. (laughs) Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. I learned patience from my adoptive dad. All he had to say was, Hey, you got this. Just breathe. Hey, we're pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Might have to start a band. (laughs) I got it. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. (laughs) Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Of all the newscasters in New York, I just happen to be one of them. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for traffic and weather together.
beginning June 26th at 6.15 a.m. through the remainder of 2023. Seven express trains will run only between 74th Street, Broadway, and Flushing Main Street in both directions because of station enhancement work and escalator replacement. During rush hours, seven express trains will make all local stops between 74th Street, Broadway, and 34th Street, Hudson Yards. Between May 15th and July 3rd, B, D, F, and M train customers should expect their uptown commutes to take an additional two minutes. There'll be one fewer F train during the morning rush, with two fewer F trains and one fewer M train during the afternoon rush. In addition, F express trains in Brooklyn will not be running. Weeknight reroutes will occur between April 24th and July 14th during the overnight hours. Between 9.30 p.m. and 5 a.m. on those nights, A and C trains will run express between 145th Street and Canal Street in both directions. D trains will run local between 205th Street and Coney Island running via the A and F lines between 59th Street, Columbus Circle, and Coney Island, Stillwell Avenue. F trains will run local between 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Coney Island, running via the N and R lines in Manhattan and via the D line in Brooklyn. Free shuttle buses will run between West 4th Street and Grand Street on the D line, and between West 4th Street and East Broadway on the F-Line. Beginning May 12th at 11.45 p.m. and continuing weekdays through the fall of 2023, the seven-train Manhattan-bound platforms at 111th Street and 82nd Street Jackson Heights are closed for station upgrades. For service to these stations, or from these stations, take a Flushing-bound 7 train and transfer, or use the nearby Q32 or Q48 buses. Beginning at 10 p.m. on Sunday, February 26th until August, Jamaica Center-bound J and Z trains will bypass 75th Street, Eldritch Lane, and Woodhaven Boulevard for station rehabilitation work. During rush hours beginning February 27th, skid stop service is not running. Trains will make local stops between Jamaica Center, Parsons Archer, and Crescent Street. For alternate service, use the Q56 bus making stops along Jamaica Avenue. Beginning Monday, February 27th, the passageway connecting the 1, 2, and 3 trains and the F, L, and M trains is closed because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue, you still will be able to for free via an out-of-system walking transfer between 6th and 7th Avenue. 
The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. Assaulting a New York City Transit employee is a felony, punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.75. Transfers must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S-79 select bus service, pay on board the bus. For all other select bus service routes, pay at the kiosk outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip for possible inspection. The fare on express buses is $6.75. Coins are no longer accepted as a payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. So I am definitely excited, folks, because as a New York Mets fan, this last month of this show has just been very excruciating to talk about. The Mets went 7 and I think it was 7 and 19 in the month of June. They started the six something games back, and now they're about 18 games back. And now the questions are wondering are the Mets going to make any moves as the trade deadline approaches? It's now less than a month away on August 1st. But uh, at least the Mets were, you know, had to, to starting to scratch some ground. Uh, Pete Alonso had a two-run homer in the rain just hours after making his third All-Star team as a reserve. And the Mets beat the Giants 8-4 for their first series win, like I said, in one month. Mark Can also connected for his first home run since June 1st. And Tommy Pham added an RBI double after being moved up to the second spot in the lineup for the first time this year. The struggling Mets won a series for the first time since sweeping the Phillies out in Queens from May 30th to June 1st. The Mets were 8-19 since after taking two of three from the Giants. And how about those Yankees out in St. Louis? They're playing the cards. Jordan Montgomery beat them for the second time since they traded him last summer. A pitch in the Cardinals with a 5-1 win uh, that completed a disappointing 3-3 three three trip, road trip, uh, for the Yanks. On a day that Yankee manager Aaron Boone, he was ejected. Um, he was ejected for the fifth time this year. Montgomery allowed an unearned run, two hits, and three walks over his uh, over his six and two-thirds innings. The, uh, the 30-year-old left-hander was making his big league debut. Excuse me, he made his big league debut <laughs> for the Yanks in 2017 and was traded to the Cardinals last August 2nd for center fielder Harrison Bader. Now, folks, when we return on the update this Monday, tell you what's, uh, what's new, I should say, at Ride Playland this summer, as many people, you know, head to the beaches and the amusement parks for the July 4th weekend. And then we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. In Philadelphia, the, par- the parental rights group, Moms for Liberty, 
is looking to expand its efforts to elect school board candidates in 2024 and beyond, as well as get involved in the other education races. Uh, Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, when the update brand Julian returns after, of course, all these messages. From New York, rated M.A. for language, violence, and sexual activity. This is the update with Brand Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Bajan common sense. Bajan common sense. Does anybody know if there's any common sense left in the room? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Indeed, it is, folks. Welcome back to the update, Brandon Julian, on a Monday, everyone. Sort of a brand new week for us together around here. Uh, thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. It is hot out here. <laughs> Hopefully you're staying, you know, in the air conditioning or you're by a pool or something. You have lots of water on hand. This humidity and heat is no joke. It honestly keeps reminding me of last summer when it was hot and humid, almost like constantly there was no relief. Uh, summertime is just a weird, summertime is just a weird, just a weird, weird thing. Honestly, the summertime, if you think about it at times, it can be like a marathon. Although, I guess every season is technically like a marathon in its own sense. Thank God summer isn't the New York City <laughs> marathon. Like, uh, with how long it is. It's like summer, it'll be done in a flash, just like that. And then in the fall, we'll be looking on the summer with such fondness. Like, you know, like, you remember summer? I miss summer. I actually got photos of summer. That, you know, when we were a happy family. New York City Marathon in summer. I'm not sure some people know this, but you do you know you have to pay to ride the New York City Marathon? What? For the New York City Marathon, you have to pay $200, just about, to run by yourself 26 miles. That's an S&M stuff right there. 
That sounds like it should be the subplot of a Law and Order Special Victims Unit. And you know, you gotta pay all that money up front. You can't just be like two under, like ramp, uh, mile ten. Uh, what? What is this? What is this? Chip reader? Of course, many people make their memories in the summer. Some of the people, some of you, I think, will go out to the amusement parks this summer. Like at camp this year, we're definitely going to Coney Island, which is the most magical trip of them all. <laughs> but for sixty-one-year-old Maria Peppa. Uh, she remembers the thrill of finally being able to go, uh, being tall enough to ride the 80-foot-high dragon coaster at uh, Playland in Rye, New York, shortly after her 12th birthday. At 16, she met her husband, Michael, at a park concession stand while working there in the summer of 77. Uh, thinking back, she can still smell all the hot dogs, you know, and the popcorn. Papa, a legal assistant, told the New York Post, the people who wrote this article, quote, We go back every year around our anniversary on July 31st and take a picture near the Dragon Coaster. As a young mother, she couldn't wait until the moment her daughter Jessica, who's now 40, was old enough to take her first ride on one of the country's uh, creakiest, most beloved wooden coasters of all time. The Rye resident hopes to take her two grandkids to the iconic park one of these days. But like many lifelong fans in the area, she's nervous about Playlands' future. Now that Westchester County, the owners of the nearly century-old amusement park, has handed the management contract over to investment firm Standard Amusements. Over to 1928, Playland, with its classic carousels, mild thrill rides like the Whip, and a privileged location directly on the Long Island Sound, it's been a summertime staple among families of New Yorkers for generations. Barely 20 minutes from the city of New York, uh, via over the city line and accessible by a Metro North and by bus, the accessible, historically affordable day trip destination has become part of American pop culture, making appearances in films like a Michael Douglas Glenn Close thriller, Fatal Attraction, in 1987. And 1988's is big, starring Tom Hanks. Uh, Mariah Carey shot the music video for her smash hit song Fantasy at the Park in 95. But when the historic landmark re reopened for its 95th year a few weeks ago, complete with the ribbon-cutting ceremony, of course, and a marching band, those looking to go for a ride or catch some rays on the park's own beach should expect some significant changes. The new direction for Playland, it comes after more than a decade of wrangling between the county and Standard Amusements, which controversially began managing the park in the latter half of 2021, after a string of coaster-like twists and turns. Nick Singer, a 43-year-old Harrison native and the founder of Standard Amusements, uh, told the New York Post from his office inside the park, quote, I tell people it took 11 and a half years to basically get to the starting line. Playland was the epicenter of my life. This is the amusement park I went to. I ice skated. I even came here and saw Haley's Comet with my father in 1986. This was the nexus of my childhood. I always loved it. Singer continued on, saying, quote, I was amazed as I got older. It really hadn't changed. It started to go a bit downhill. You know, fast forward to 2010, the county put out a request for proposals to reimagine Playland. I was like, you don't really need to reimagine it, you just need to rejuvenate it. 
And while Stander wasn't the county's first choice, Singer eventually managed to win over officials back in 2015. Then came a new county executive, of course, who canceled a signed contract in the name of protecting the taxpayers. Followed by troubling reports of crumbling infrastructure, a COVID-era closure, of course, a trip to bankruptcy court for Standard, and millions in legal fees dumped onto the county taxpayers. The final public-private deal will see Standard invest $35 million toward rides and park improvements, while the county will dedicate $126 million. Standard will be obligated to hand over about 5% of gross revenues above an initial revenue target of $12 million. Uh, standards, their, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, standards, their uh, current contract, I should say. <laughs> there we go. Uh, standards current contract. <laughs> it calls for preserving and maintaining beloved historical rides like the Dragon Coaster. While newer rides can be replaced pending the county review. While new management was able to make minor improvements for last season, this is the first summer where guests will notice the major changes. Starting with a new Art Deco gateway, gateway arch reminiscent of Disney World, a synchronized music fountain at the entrance, and a newly rejuvenated swimming complex. Guests can expect new attractions this summer, like the custom-built Jack the Puppeteer, located in the front of the park, it will send riders spinning through the air when it launches later this summer. Uh, to the right of the park's colonnades, there's an Italian-made flying motorbike ride, where you choose between a spinning motorcycle or a sidecar. Also coming this summer is Play, Playverse, an immersive adventure aimed squarely at the selfie generation, who will venture through a series of rooms with optical illusions designed for photo ops. And after two years of construction following a uh, leakage problem, Playland's fabled Olympic-sized pool will return with upgraded outdoor furniture. There will be water sports such as paddle boards available at Playland Lake and a new water slide at Playland Beach. Upgraded dining options include the new Tiki Beach, an upscale seafood restaurant serving surf and turf entrees like steak, coconut shrimp, and sushi, with an adjacent beer garden from Westchester's own Captain Lawrence Brewing. Ticket prices are 40 bucks for adults and $30 for kids. That's up 5 bucks from last year. And double the 2021 prices, discounted to $20 during the pandemic, and 15 bucks for kids. 2021, of course, the last year that the county ran the show. Those merely looking to access the beach will pay just 10 bucks or 15 bucks for beach and pool access. Kids under two get in for free at the park, the beach, and the pool. After a year at the helm, some community members are still skeptical, though, of Standard Amusements' ability to properly... to properly steer the historic landmark into the future. 57-year-old Didier Curran recalls looking forward to her family's once-a-summer trip to the amusement park, but the Porchester resident fears for the future, worries that ticket prices will continue to rise higher than they already have. She told the Post, quote, Playland was always the affordable place for families with a lot of kids and not a lot of money to have a great day. I'm convinced that middle- and low-income families are not going to be able to afford a trip to Playland. Curran worked at the park in the 1980s. 
Standard Amusements has also faced headwinds in the city of Rye, which recently stuck the struck, excuse me, stuck the company with over three and a half million dollar property tax bill. Officials argue that parts of the publicly owned property are now being used for private for profit use by Standard Amusements and must pay real estate taxes. Local residents like Curran are pleased by the pushback. She said, quote, we're subsidizing these big money investors on taxpayer dollars, and if the park ever starts making a profit, we're paying for all the improvements and they're reaping all the benefits. That's the main problem. There's no reason why we, sh why we should be handing them this multi-million dollar restored gem to this group for management. But at this point, they've got the contract and they've got the keys. As for Papa, she's cautiously optimistic that her beloved amusement park will benefit from a little TLC. She says, quote, if the alternative was that it would have to close, then I guess this is good. It's such a wonderful place. And I bet it is. The last time I was at Rye Playland, I believe, was uh, for a, a trip I had for my church many, many years ago. Still a fun time. Great food. Can't really complain either way. You know, maybe one day, either this summer or next summer, I just have to go back to Rye to see how things have changed since then. That would definitely make a good day trip. <laughs> what you don't have to make a day trip to see, by the way, is uh, national news. Because it's next for us around here, of course, when the update with Brandon Julian continues. From New York, doing business in the same location since 1953. This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. What is dedication? The thing that drives me every day as a dad is Dariana. We call him uh, Day Day for short. Every day he's hungry for something whether it's attention, affection, knowledge. And there's this huge responsibility in making sure that when he's no longer under my wing, that he's a good person. I think the advice I would give is you don't need to know all the answers. The craziest thing was believing that your dad knew everything. So as a dad, you felt like you had to know everything. You had to get everything right. It's okay to make mistakes as long as it's coming from love then, you know, it kind of starts to work itself out. I want him to be able to sit back one day and go, we worked together, we did a good job. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. From New York where the restrooms are for customers only. This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the update with Brandon Julian on a Monday, everyone. Start of a brand new week for us together. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. Let us talk together right now, of course, the latest national news. And we're going to begin down in Baltimore, 
where police there say two people were killed, 28 more wounded in yet another mass shooting in America, killing three people who are in critical condition. Acting Police Commissioner Richard Worley says that the shooting took place at a block party just before 12.30 yesterday morning in the Brooklyn Homes area. The deceased victims were an 18-year-old woman and a 20-year-old man. The wounded range in age from 13 to 32, with more than half of them being younger than 18. Uh, Mayor Brandon Scott has asked anyone with information about this crime to help investigators. Baltimore has recorded nearly 130 homicides and close to 300 shootings so far this year. In other news, we're going to go down to Philadelphia, the city of, of course, brotherly love. The Parental Rights Group, Moms for Liberty, they're looking to expand its efforts to elect school board candidates next year and beyond, as well as get involved in other education races. The group's co-founder said during its annual summit in Philly that Moms for Liberty will use its political action committee to engage in school board races, state board of education races, and elected superintendent races. These efforts will face opposition from the teachers' unions and others on the left, who view the group as a toxic presence in public education. Even with a presidential race next year, school board elections will remain some of the most uh, contentious political fights over the next year. Speaking of Decision 2024, let's go over to Chicago, the Windy City. Republicans, of course, they just keep on jumping into the race for president, with more than a dozen candidates seeking the party's nomination, in what's turning out to be the GOP's most diverse presidential field ever. Yet, there's only one woman in the bunch, and that, of course, is Nikki Haley, the former UN ambassador and the governor of South Carolina. America, by the way, as we all know, has never had a female commander-in-chief, and Republicans historically have focused on elect focus less on electing female candidates in general than the Democratic Party. While women make up more than 50% of the population, they are underrepresented in public office, whether at city halls, state legislatures, or in Washington. And down in Pickens, in South Carolina, the heavily Republican upstate is a popular stop for the candidates, of course, trying to attract support for the first in the South primary next year. But no candidate has drawn the kind of crowd that the former president did on a blazing summer weekend. He held a rally on Saturday in Pickens, which has about 3,400 residents overall. The former president's appearance effectively shuttered Pickens' quintessential southern downtown. Police Chief Randall Beach told the AP yesterday that his estimates of the crowd, quote, were somewhere between 50 and 55,000. It was only Trump's second large rally of the campaign. In March, he held one, of course, down in Waco, Texas. There is more national news for us to discuss, and we will address those, of course, when the update Brain and Julian returns in just 60 seconds. What is dedication? My biggest fear in the middle of my addiction was that my kids wouldn't have a father. I overdosed on heroin, and I lived. 
And I started thinking, you know what? This isn't my story. My desire to change had finally outweighed my desire to stay the same. I felt powerless for so much of my life. It's important to me that my kids are empowered and truly believe that if, if they can think it, they can do it. I definitely had to become a better man to be a better father. For the first time, I, I finally feel like I'm exactly where I should be, where I want to be. <laughs> That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the update, Brandon Julian, on a Monday, everyone. Start of a brand new week for us to get around here, even if it is a holiday weekend. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, we are talking together right now, of course, the latest national news. And an enormous medical bill, as we all know, it can trigger a wave of panic. The experts say the patient should attack the problem with a plan. That startling invoice that arrived in the mail may not be what you wind up paying overall. And if it's accurate, uh, financial excuse me, errors or slow insurance payments may have inflated that total. If it's accurate, financial aid and other assistance might be able to pair it. Steps to include, steps to take, I should say, include double-checking the numbers, potentially seeking outside help, and thinking hard about a payment plan. Sometimes a simple phone call can clear up questions. Don't ignore the bill. In other news, we're going to go up to Helena in Montana, where witnesses are reporting seeing globs of asphalt, a binder that spilled into the Yellowstone River during a bridge collapse and train derailment on islands and the riverbanks just a week after the spill. Officials with the EPA said that cleanup efforts began yesterday. It involved workers cooling the asphalt binder with river water, rolling it up and putting the globs in the garbage bags. Alex Bongoevsky took pictures on Saturday of the refined petroleum products covering rocks and sandbars and an image of a bird that had died after getting stuck in the black substance. The bridge collapse and derailment happened back on June 24th near the town of Columbus and downstream from Yellowstone National Park. In other news, we're going to go out to the uh, American West uh, in Los Angeles. Because thousands of hotel workers in Southern California, they walked off the job yesterday demanding higher pay and better benefits in what the union is calling the largest strike in its history. Cooks, room attendants, dishwashers, servers, bellmen, and front desk agents at hotels were picketing outside the major hotels in L.A. and in Orange Counties. Members of Unite Here, Local 11, voted 96% in favor in authorizing this strike. The union, they're seeking better wages, improved health care benefits, uh, higher pension contributions, and less strenuous workloads. A coalition of hotels accused union leaders of canceling a bargaining session and refusing to go to the table. (laughs) 
And finally, we're going to head back here to New York. Because we've all seen these at weddings at one point or another. Uh, a space disco cowboy. Yacht Shabbat. Burning man formal. Dressed to express your inner spirit. More bridal couples are tossing tradition when it comes to what the guests should wear. Summer, of course, is always a very busy wedding season. For some guests, that means boomeranging from dive bar semi-formal to whimsical garden party. Many guests, of course, with very little guidance, are understandably frustrated and confused. Uh, personal stylist Sophie Strauss suggests quitting the couple, quizzing the couple, I should say, when they haven't made themselves clear. She also wants clients not to veer into costume dressing, unless that's what the couple actually wants. Some bridal couples offer mood boards as a way to guide their guests in the right direction, particularly, of course, the older ones. I'm going to let you guys ponder on this as we say, in the words of Walter Cronkite, that's the way it is. Monday, July the 3rd, 2023. That is the update on this Monday. I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you being here with us. And in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hopefully that your news, folks, it will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck. Be safe. And most importantly, please be well. We are off tomorrow for the 4th, so enjoy, of course, your July 4th festivities, however you may. And then we're back on Wednesday, first day of camp of the year. That's going to be a lot of fun and maybe a little bit frightening as well. But we'll all enjoy it uh, together. Also, stay hydrated if you're going on the heat. Have fun. Enjoy your 4th. See you Wednesday on the